Brandon. And this is Philip. And we are your Bible Bomber Men. Let's drop some bombs. You were supposed to say that with me. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Let's, Let's drop, drop some, some bombs. bombs. In today's episode, we're going to talk about truth. And I figured it was good to start out with uh, definitions of truth. So there's a few different kinds that I would like to mention. There's subjective, objective, relative, and absolute truth. And I've, I figured it's also good to compare subjective with objective. So you would say subjective is something like red is the best color, right? Yeah, like because it is. You agree? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. That's, yeah. that's good. I agree. So that's subjective. Objective is more like my wife drove to the city where we are now. Another objective claim would be whoever is listening to this podcast has ears. That would be an objective claim. Now, it's possible the person doesn't have ears. Maybe they got them chopped off. But it's still an objective truth claim, whether it's true or not. <laughs> That's an, a claim. Now, if it is true, if someone has ears, that's that's true. That is objectively true. Now, uh, relative truth, the third one I mentioned, is a truth uh, it, where culture and time comes into play. You got you want to give a definition of relative truth? Isn't like that your cousin or somebody that you're related to? A, rel- a, a relative truth. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it. Okay. okay. I was um, confused. Though, relative truth is basically everyone gets to pick their own truth. So I, I have my truth and you have your truth. My truth is um, this or that and y- your truth is this or that. And it's okay for us to disagree because we all have our own truth. And we can just move on with our lives. So my truth is my wife is black. and uh, But my pre- truth could be that your wife is white. Yeah, and uh, we would definitely <laughs> have have to fight there. But but it's your truth, so it's true. And you would say, okay, uh, transgender does it as well. Like that's probably the most famous example is people claim that they are a woman when they were born a man, and so it's true. You can't argue with them because that's their truth. And okay, I think we got relative truth down. Yeah, absolute truth is truth that is always true, was and will always be present, and cannot change. That's what I wrote down. And it it is true. Uh, can't change. So saying something objective would where it would differ, differ is like you have a phone, and that's true. That's objectively true. Mm-hmm. But it is not absolute truth because it can change. It's not always present, and it's not always true because when you were a kid, you didn't have a phone. So it can't be absolute truth. But could it be absolute truth at the moment? No, it would be objective truth because absolute <laughs> truth is, is, is absolute. It cannot change, and that can change. Yep. Okay, but here's, here's the question. Is, is there such thing as, as truth? So, I think if you are a relativist, which I think is somebody who uh, basically believes in relative truth, uh, 
you could say no. I would think. Okay, so ask me if no, don't ask me. Tell me there is no absolutes. There is no absolutes. Are you absolutely are you absolutely sure? Yes. See how that's a self-contradictory statement? I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> to say that there's no such thing as absolutes cuz they're saying that as if they're as if they absolutely believe that statement to be true. But if you absolutely believe that there is no such thing as absolutes, then you're contradicting yourself. There's either absolutes or relative truth, but you can't have both. Like when I, when it is it is an absolute statement of fact that your wife is black. I don't get I don't get to just say, well, in my truth, she's white. Here's some other examples. Um, two plus two. Now, what is two plus two, Philip? It's math. It's math. That's way too hard for Landon. Hey. <laughs> two plus two is four. If you put two rocks and another set of two rocks together, you are going to get four rocks. The whole thing about uh, relative truth, we have no idea how much longer it might be happening now, how much longer math teachers are going to be teaching this because we're going to have children who are buying into this idea of relative truth saying, that's not my truth. You know, you can't have the the liberal left-wing agenda to push that there is no such thing as absolute truth. How is that? How are the public schools and math teachers going to be able to teach math in that they can't. It's, okay. Uh, it's pretty interesting because when it's coming to today, when they're pushing uh, that kids can decide whatever they are, whoever they are, some people are marrying uh, objects like the Eiffel Tower, things like that. It makes no sense, but that's when you believe in relative truth, your own truth, or a certain time has a truth. And uh, there is definitely, definitely an evil agenda behind this. Because uh, think about, okay, we'll, we'll go back in time for this example. Think about Hitler. If you believe in relative truth, his truth and what he believed was good was getting rid of the Jews, getting rid of other races to make the a white race the the... He probably, his ultimate goal was to make it the only race. And he thought that was a good thing. Now, today, I'm sure all of us agrees that that is a bad thing. But if relative truth is true, it was a good thing. He was doing the right thing. Whatever you believe is good is good. Whatever you believe is bad is bad. And uh, that is... Uh, where we are heading today. I think all of this, um, and we're going to talk more about this in our next episode, but it all really comes from the theory of, of evolution. You know, that's the, the, the lie that's the basis for every other lie in the, in the modern day. Because if there is no God, you know, if, if there's no absolute truth, then morals are all an opinion and people like Richard Dawkins or all these high up evolutionists will say well morals are what the society 
it deems it to be because they can't say if they say there's absolute truth or uh, they can't say there's such thing as morals and say there's absolute truth, uh, truth, truth at the same time. If you accept relative truth, the only conclusion that you can come up with is that there is no such thing as morals. So for those of you who are listening and don't believe that there's such thing as truth, let me ask you this. Is it a bad thing to kill someone? Is it a bad thing to commit rape? How can those things be bad? Maybe it's bad to you, but it's good to me. Uh, yeah, that that makes no sense. <laughs> I want to ask the question, is there a such thing as truth, and can we know exactly what it is? Because to fight relativism, you can't just say, okay, that's false. We We won't do that. You have to know... How can we know the truth to fight against it? You can't just say it's not true. You got to show the truth. And I got to pull out this scripture right here. It's 2 Timothy 3:16. It says all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Uh okay, tell that to a relativist. Wait, wait, wait. Did did you just quote the Bible? Yeah, unfortunately. Isn't, I'm just isn't kidding. Isn't that like a, a book of fairy tales? Un- unfortunately, for relativists, it's true. And <laughs> it, claims, <laughs> it claims truth as well. So you cannot believe... Wait, how do we know? I thought that was our next segment. Oh, okay. <laughs> our next, our next uh, Go ahead. It, it it completely contradicts what a relativist might be thinking. You cannot be a Christian and a relativist might be asking, why not? Or you might already know the answer, but you can't because it says right here, for correction, if, if you read the scripture about a sin, let's just say a simple one, you, you shouldn't steal, that's a sin. Well... That's not true because if you think it's the right thing to do or in that culture or time it might be the right thing to do or marry your brother or something like that, well, looks like the Bible is wrong because it, it, it says it's for correction and it's not true. Yeah, um, unfortunately there are a bunch of people who claim to be Christians that hold on to the idea of relative truth, there's a, remember we went to a um, piano recital at some church building in Edmond, Oklahoma, and this church building has, I don't remember what they're called, but it was, uh, they had a, a gay pride flag in front of it, and um, inside of it they had like the coexisting, and I was reading on their website some of the things they, they believe in. And one of those things is truth is not absolute and is always changing. So why do these people gather there if they don't believe in what they're preaching? How can you how can you say that truth is changing and believe in the Bible if the Bible says itself it's for correction? Do you just say that oh it changed, now the Bible isn't for correction? And what's the point of gathering just to, uh, what do they preach and teach there? Oh, um, we all have different opinions, but we're just gathering here just to 
to to to do what? <laughs> uh, See, I it's guess nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just take for a second to imagine a world with no truth. We'll just imagine every single person in, in this world. world in the world with no is truth. a relativist and believes That's in relativism. That's the direction we're heading in. Yeah, uh, we're we're okay. already seeing results. But imagine it, okay? Imagine your neighbor believing everything that they do and want to do is the right thing. Imagine the criminals and the mass shooters. Imagine what they would do. Imagine the gay people that want to have ten people over for a night. Like, okay, that's that's pretty graphic, but <laughs> but but Watch just I'm just trying to paint a terrible picture. I mean, we don't want to think about it, but. It's true. Relativism really is that dark and evil. And that's what that we're seeing. A world with no truth, we're going to... That's chaos, lawlessness, and no morals. I think about all the TVs that were stolen <laughs> during the looting and protest. Do you think those guys really cared about the cause, the Black Lives Matter cause? Or were they just looking for an excuse to... Go steal TVs. Well, yeah, in in a world full of relativists, it's I can do whatever think, yeah, I want. Hey, look at this! I'm gonna go take this TV. Nobody's gonna hurt. Hey, my neighbor left his door unlocked. I'm gonna go ransack his house and find all his jewelry in his cupboard for that he was gonna get for his wife for Christmas, I guess. But I, I mean, to them, it it would be right the right thing to do. Uh, let's think uh, of a bad culture. I don't know. Uh, what about the communist Soviet Union? Well, sure, Union? the communist. Um, Karl communism Marx, all those is actually guys. Stalin is gaining some ground these days, unfortunately. But, but yeah, that's what evil. a world looks like without tr- with when people don't believe in truth. Exactly, you're gonna have people scraping the dirt to try and find something to eat or drink, even. But to to the people leading that kind of a country, it's a good thing because look at them; they can have all the everything that they want. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, you know how to fight this absolute truth, and you know where that is. You know what is the absolute truth that is always true, will always be present, and cannot change. Well, the Bible is absolute true, absolutely true. I should say. And it is one of the few things that is absolute truth. Not just objective truth. Not just something, oh, hey, look at that cheeseburger. That looks, that looks good to me. That's, that's objectively true to me. That's not the same thing. That will not always be true. Think three months from now, that burger is going to be pretty nasty looking. <laughs> so, so, no, it, absolute truth is a special category that can compete and destroy relative truth. But don't destroy your relatives. <laughs> yeah. Don't destroy them, please. Yeah. We do not endorse relative destruction. All right, we're going to take the break for just a second. And uh, we're going to do Have our, some fun. You're going to have some fun. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Philip, what's your fun? My fun, okay, my fun is, <laughs> that's not even English, but yeah. uh, I figured I'm going to ask you a question this time. The question is, what is the worst movie in your opinion or worst or weirdest experience 
with a movie. Okay. <clears throat> I'll answer next or first if you want. I, I've seen a lot of... Okay, I guess next. I've, I've <laughs> seen a lot of bad movies in my life, but one of the worst that, I, that always stuck with me as just being one of the worst movies ever is a movie called The Seeker, The Dark is Rising. came out in 2007. One day, my parents got it from the video rental store thinking, oh, this looks like a fun family movie. And it was so, so, so bad. It had the, um, remember the, the blonde guy from the first 100 games? He got eaten by dogs. He was like a kid in this movie. But he was um, the main character of this movie. And it was just your, your, your uh, cliche old hero's journey. This guy, um, he becomes like a wizard or something. And he's going to go fight evil then the girl he was in love with ended up becoming one of the was one of the villains, and we I like, we just remember laughing so hard at some some at some some of the cheesiness of this movie. I didn't I didn't appreciate it very much, and it was it was just so predictable. And if if you are listening to this podcast, please save yourself some money, and save yourself some. I don't know. Just save yourself. <laughs> save yourself from this horrible movie and um, watch something else. You know, preferably something edifying and encouraging. And Sounds pretty dramatic. You saying save yourselves. <laughs> save yourself. <laughs> okay, my my movie is kind of similar. It was a while ago when I was a kid, and uh, I don't remember the plot very well or uh, what happened in the movie very well. So. Don't take this as, like, never watch this movie. But my worst memory watching a movie, or at least one of the worst, was watching The Help. It was <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was very bad. And I was so bored the entire movie. Cause, and then I was also at an age where I every time I heard a cuss word, it was, like, getting shot. So me and my brothers were, like, trying to plug our ears I don't even remember if it was lots of cussing in the movie, but for me at the time, it was a lot of cussing. Okay, and then the other part was this lady made a pie, and she put her own poop in it. And it was <laughs> it was bad and just, oh. I guess as little boys, it was hilarious, and we're like, finally some action. But, but yeah, overall, I was just bored, and the cuss words were terrible, and that poop memory will stick with me forever. So. You know... I was actually thinking you might say that movie before you yeah, said it. Because my brothers talk about it, too. It, it's bad. We um, had a terrible memory. I like it, other than the cussing in it, because there is a bunch. But it, uh, there's some good stuff to it. Uh, yeah, I'd have to rewatch it. <laughs> I was too young at the time. <laughs> I, was, I was too young for that. So it left a weird spot in my life. But, okay... That's our, our fun movie review. Actually, um, yeah, next week, or next time we will uh, watch a movie and bring reviews. So if anybody has suggestions of movies we should watch and review for you, uh, let us know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we're done. All right, we're we're back from that. Um, back back to our show about truth. So, uh, Philip said something about um, about the Bible being true and 
and and then what I'm gonna guess is that people who are hearing that rolled their eyes or hopefully didn't turn off the show, but um, but we're, we're we're gonna keep talking for people who are interested, and it is true that two thousand years ago some guy made the bold statement that he was the truth. What? Jesus, yeah. His name uh, can was. Can you believe it? His, his name was Jesus. His name was Jesus. Well, um, Jesus, and in, don't use the J word. Sorry. Okay, oh, keep yeah. talking. I, I said it. I said it over the radio, and it streamed online for everyone to hear. In John chapter fourteen, verse six, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me." Whoa, the truth. Now, how does he claim to be the truth? How dare he? Come and t- say I'm the truth. That anybody can can come and say, "Hey, I'm the truth." Yeah, and they're right too. Who do you think you they, are? They're relativists, so they're right no matter what. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Who does this guy think he is to to say that yeah. he's the truth? And he, he, here's the bottom line: anybody who's bold enough to say he's the he's the truth better be able to prove it. He prove it. Better be able to prove it. That's exactly what Jesus did. And um, I, th- I need to stop saying um. Jesus was seen by 500 people walking around after he had died. When Jesus appeared before his uh, disciples, he, he told them to uh, touch him. He, he ate food in front of them to prove that he was a human, that, that he was alive and the disciples, after seeing the visible resurrection of Jesus, they were so convinced that Jesus was resurrected from the dead that they went through massive pain and suffering to get the good news that Jesus was raised from, from the dead. A lot of them were, they died martyred deaths. deaths. Some of them were ripped apart by lions. Some some of them were crucified. Okay, if this was just a conspiracy, um, do you think all those guys, do you think at least one of them would have caved in? It, if the story that... I wouldn't have. The, the, the story if I was making up a story, there's no way I would give my life for it. Especially tortured. I I would... I wouldn't even get shot in the head, so I'd die instantly. Okay. I would not First die of all, that. if Jesus was lying, don't you think he would have um, caved in before being crucified? Well, I guess that's the first one. Yeah. But, <laughs> Jesus, but okay, yeah. what if... But the disciples did the same thing. They went through... Some, some of them honestly went... Like the Apostle Paul, I, w- I would say, went through worse sufferings than Jesus did. Not in a sense of having your sins be poured on you and being separated from the Father. Not like that, but in, in a physical way, his, his sufferings were more and longer than Very even bad. Jesus was. And um, I said and dumb again. The disciples, uh, nothing could shape their story. Uh, nothing that was done to them could get them to say, Jesus wasn't really raised from the dead. They they stood their ground. And if if Jesus wasn't really raised from the dead and the um the story that that the Jews and most non-believers believe is that 
that the disciples stole the body of Jesus and then they made up this story. Well, no, they went back to fishing, remember? If, according to the scriptures, the disciples, who part of them were fishermen, they fled, they, uh, they abandoned Jesus before he died. They went back to their normal pitiful selves that they were before, and then Jesus had to come and rebuke them for not believing and for abandoning them, and then he forgave them because that's how awesome Jesus is. But the disciples, there would be no, there's no real motive for them to steal the body of Jesus, especially yeah. when the scripture says that they didn't understand that he would be resurrected. Yeah, he, they clearly, clearly believed what uh, they they saw what Jesus did and they believed it. Like they saw him turn water into wine and they could tell he wasn't just dumping out the wine and filling it with water again. They died believing those things. They died for those beliefs. And that's that's good enough evidence for me but uh, and many other people. But what if... What if these stories are false? What if someone just wrote this down on scripture? How do we believe how do we confirm our faith that these scriptures are true? Okay. My first piece of advice is take a look at the book before you make any assumptions that some person just made it all up. Cuz when you actually take an honest look at the book, you start to realize how highly unrealistic it is for it to all be a work of fiction. Think about the Old Testament, for example. It's full of foreshadows, types, all, and prophecies about things concerning the New Testament. It's full of them. As a matter of fact, there's over 350 um, prophecies concerning Jesus himself. How do we know that the prophecies were, were written before? Well, that's where the Dead Sea Scrolls come in. Now, the Dead Sea Scrolls are some of my favorite uh, proofs that um, the Bible was, is not, was not made up by uh, humans. It was not, it, that... Aliens? Maybe, no. <laughs> um, so, the Dead Sea Scrolls are ancient scrolls that were found in the Dead Sea, obviously, in 1947, and a part of the Dead Sea Scrolls were the Old Testament, and I think the book of Esther is excluded from the Dead Sea Scrolls, but if we take the, so uh, let's take the Scroll of Isaiah, which was one of the most important scrolls. So in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we have the entire prophecy of Isaiah, which according to the, the scriptures was written about s approximately 700 years before the time of Christ, but this scroll dates back to approximately 100 BC. And we know that because of the pottery that the scroll was found in. And that is a universally accepted fact. No one disputes that. Everybody, both Christians, Jews, agnostics, atheists, all agree that, that the pottery dates back to 100 BC. And that this, these scrolls are that old. Well, what if we take a look at what the scroll of Isaiah says. The scroll of Isaiah predicts, especially in Isaiah 53, that it describes accurately the suffering of Jesus. It goes into great detail. Now, 
Isaiah also prophesies the virgin birth and prophesies parts of the life of Jesus. It prophesies the, the death, burial, and resurrection. And we know that it was written before the time of Christ because of dating the pottery. All right, so then how do we know that the... No, well, uh, my other question, question is this. Why are the Dead Sea Scrolls so significant? It's because not only do we know that, that the writings of Jesus, the, the accuracy of Jesus were before the time of Christ, but before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, the oldest manuscripts that we had of the Old Testament were from about 900 AD. So if we use the, the New American Standard Bible uses or gets its translation from those manuscripts from 900 AD or from approximately 900 AD. So before the Dead Sea Scrolls, people were coming out with these claims, oh, that, that's about a thousand years after the time of Christ. Certainly it's possible that somebody may have written these uh, descriptions of Jesus and his life and his sufferings after the events took place, which would make sense. But when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, about a and those manuscripts were about a thousand years earlier. When we compared those two manuscripts together, we, we found 95% accuracy. And the 5% the that was off was just grammar. Grammar-related misspellings and markings. Better drop a bomb on that one. Yeah. So, a thousand-year difference. Exact same message. What this proves is that Jesus was prophesied before he was born, and it also proves that man did not re-edit Scripture, that the Scripture did not change, and that God is preserving his word. There, and also another thing I'd like to point out is there's been more recent discoveries as well that, that do similar things that the Dead Sea Scrolls did that I heard about. I can't give a ton of details on them because I just, I just was seeing them on the top stories in my newsfeed. But, but there continues to be more and more discoveries of these ancient texts that go further and further and continue to prove over and over the accuracy of Scripture. And... Not only does that prove the accuracy of Scripture, but also the accuracy of God's claim that Scripture is the that Scripture can be used to correct and will not change. And now, if it did change its meaning, if we got Isaiah and then it was saying something completely different, then that would be God lying. And he said he didn't lie, so that that would just prove. Too, but that's not what happened. We don't have that to show. We just keep getting more and more texts that prove the accuracy of Scripture. Another one of the Dead Sea Scrolls was um, the book of Daniel, which Daniel chapter 2 goes to prophesy the coming of... Because they're in Babylon. Uh, Daniel's in Babylon when this prophecy is being given. And there's the prophecy of the coming empires. The, the prophecy includes the coming of the Medo-Persians, which would destroy Babylon. After them, they would be wiped out by the Greeks, and the Greeks would be 
the Greeks would be taken over by Rome. And then the scriptures go to talk about in Daniel chapter 2 how a new kingdom is going to be set up during that empire that would fill up the whole earth. What kingdom started during the time of the Roman Empire and has filled up the whole earth? Let me guess. The kingdom of God. <laughs> the church, right? It started yep. and during the time of the Roman Empire... And it's since then fill up the whole earth. We, we, you guys, just, we, just, we can't ignore stuff like this. We got to deal with it. This kind of truth is almost kind of scary to think about. But it is truth. Absolute truth. And uh, as we were talking about earlier about scripture being uh, absolute truth, the, if you have trouble comprehending absolute truth, that's fine. I mean, it is hard to comprehend. But if you have trouble understanding that the scripture is absolute truth, look no further. These things are pretty much bulletproof. Or is that how the saying goes? Bulletproof. Know. I'll just say... I, but I made it's not bombproof. <laughs> it's a truth bomb. Or <laughs> Bible bomb. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you look past this, I don't know what to tell you. There, there is. You can look other places and science and stuff, but I have a feeling if you're if you're not taking this as absolute truth, looking at this evidence, um, which by the way you should you should look into it more and more. There's tons and tons of evidence on this, not just Dead Sea Scrolls. But uh, if you're looking past this, there's a likelihood chance that you do not want to see the truth. There's a like there's a high likelihood that you are. Uh, look like looking through glass you're not looking at the glass and you're doing it on purpose so yeah the, it, the, if you're listening to this um and and you started starting to feel angry i highly encourage you to uh, prove us wrong with your uh, research another thing is um the amount of manuscripts that we have of of the bible some sources say there's over 5,000 manuscripts of the New Testament. Some sources say there's 25,000 uh, manuscripts. Um, and then sources say there's... And, and we're going to post these sources in, a, in the... Facebook page. Facebook page. Uh, so you guys can ch uh, check them out. And then there's 10,000 of the Old Testament. No, no other ancient literature even comes close to the amount of manuscripts. And... All these manuscripts say the exact same thing. There, there's not a lot of room for uh, editing, and we know from from the the and we know from the Dead Sea Scrolls that the scriptures are not changing, because the bottom line is that the scriptures are the only way that man is going to come to know how to be saved, and God is not going to let mankind ruin his scriptures. If you looked at some of Homer's works, like the Odyssey and the Iliad. Uh, we have about 1,000 manuscripts, and they don't date earlier than the 10th century AD, which supposedly those were written at about 800 BC. So we have about 2,000 years between the original writing and the earliest manuscripts. Why aren't we questioning those? How do we yeah, know that those I haven't been edited? I think it's very interesting that, uh, especially atheists and some agnostics, but usually it's uh, atheists, will look at historical uh, uh, manuscripts and historical documents and you try to use them to disprove uh, 
the biblical ones, but it's really strange because there's a lot less proof for them than scripture. Uh, like what you just mentioned, I don't even know how to pronounce that. <laughs> but, but but yeah, like that, they'll they'll accept it as fact. And, I mean, they should. There's no reason not to. I mean, there's lots of proof for that. But but then scripture with, like, I don't know, mountains and mountains more proof and cross-referencing and uh, not changing in between manuscripts and different dates when they're wrote. Like, you could go on and on and on. They don't accept those somehow. I don't know. It just looks looks like they're doing it on purpose to me. And a lot of the time I feel like it is. Maybe even uh, to a degree where they're tricking themselves that they're not doing it on purpose. But they are. So what you have to do then, if you believe that the Bible was just is completely fictional, you have to believe that some guy invented the Jewish religion. Here's the thing about all the other all the other religions is that their motives for making those religions are to oppress people. Every that's the every single religion in the ancient world is so that the main reason for it was so that a person of power can be in control over Every people. Just check it out. That's how the Egyptians did their thing. That's how the Babylonians did their thing. That's how all the, the ancient world did it. We have, and, and none of them had, you know, sacred writings or anything. And then a new ageism is the modern version of Hinduism or uh, the Western version of Hinduism where we go into there's no such thing as truth and everybody basically makes themselves their own god and that's the goal with humanism christianity is a completely different thing where every single person is loved by god made in the image of god and it's the only religion if i can even call it that that has a document of truth that has lasted this long. Some other religions have some writings, like Islam, for example, has their has their book. But it was it was written by one person, right? And over a period of forty years or something like something like that, as where the Bible was written by a whole bunch of people. But it all tells one story, and it doesn't contradict itself. If you if you if you take contradictory verses in the Bible, you took them out of context. If you if you want to play that game, you, you need to sit down and read and, and study this book. Because when you do, you will start to see this is there is no way that human mind could have comprehended this. When you're going through the book of Exodus, for example, that and you read about Moses and start to realize that he, he is a foreshadow of Christ leading the people out of Egypt, which was a foreshadow of sin, and then um, the Passover lamb, which is a foreshadow of the sacrifice of Christ, and then the tabernacle, and all the foreshadows that uh, come with that. You have Moses on the mountain with his face shining, which would be a foreshadow of Christ shining in our hearts. It's over and over and over again, these great foreshadows and types and prophecies 
of uh, what if they come? What is the motive for a man making this stuff up? Man, ha- if, if man's gonna lie, he's got to have a motive, and there is no logical motive for the Bible being fictional, other than they're afraid from afraid of the truth, and afraid that they will answer to no one but themselves. I'm gonna read a scripture, John eight. Verses 31 through 34. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. So I I put in that last part to uh to say like people might ask oh you're free from what if you believe in the truth well free from sin which is exactly what relativism is it's so that you can freely go about your sinful ways and sinful desires without having any boundaries exactly so we got some good news the the truth is is not bad. We the truth is actually is actually very good. Um that God does offer through Jesus, he does offer salvation to all men. And you know, Jesus could have chosen the truth to be anything. He he could have chosen or a God could have chosen not to send Jesus and just to send everybody to hell. But the good news is that Jesus died for us on the cross. You know, he he was willing to go through hours of excruciating pain, not being able to breathe. He had his arms and legs pierced with huge nails. He was scourged, and his appearance would have been completely unrecognizable hanging on the cross, not to mention a crown of thorns being placed on your head. And... Jesus was willing to go through all that because that's how badly he wants us. Uh, he wants us to go to heaven now. Again, why would anybody make this stuff up? You you can't just make this stuff up. Every other religion out there was started by completely selfish motives. This is the most unselfish thing anybody can ever think of, and that the witnesses, the prophecies, and at the time the. The miraculous gifts that that were given by the apostles, by the Holy Spirit, prove that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. And he did that to give us a life eternal. So the truth, here me and Philip are trying to to drop bombs of truth here. But the truth is not bad. We're not trying to say everything's all doom and gloom and... That that's the truth. The truth is very good. You you just got to be willing to repent of uh, of your sins and your evil ways. Because if not, then judgment is coming, and that that is truth. But if if you are willing to come to Jesus under His terms, the terms revealed in the New Testament, then uh, Jesus is willing to forgive and uh, take you to heaven with Him and. Now, that's very good news, and that uh, that's really the purpose of the, our podcast here to, to 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 proclaim the the truth and and the good news of it. But 
to get to that, there are there are some hard truths that we got to accept first. Yeah, uh, absolute truth can sound like a big scary thing, especially for uh, Christians coming from uh, public schools and actually even especially more from college where they, t- they push relativism so hard. And uh, absolute truth is such a big word and, and not very many things can comply with it. So it's important for us to note, like, this is a good thing. Absolute truth is probably the best thing here on earth, the Bible. And the, it's great news. The gospel is great news, which I think that's what gospel means, right? Yep. Yeah, just means good news. So we got to get people out of this mindset of, oh, this is big, scary, and should I believe the Bible? No, the Bible is absolute truth. But uh, I want to uh, encourage everyone who's listening to, to not, do not be content trusting everything or believing everything that you hear. You know, and that includes this podcast. Yeah, don't believe me. <laughs> um, Go find it yourself. You got to do your own research. And that, you know, that biology teacher that's telling you that we all came from monkeys, question that. I mean, qu- question the a media that's, that's trying to convince you that um, election wasn't stolen. Um, I question that. Question everything there ha- don't be someone who just believes everything that they hear yeah that's one of the biggest things that atheists actually uh condemn christians for is they think that we aren't skeptics that's actually what a lot of them call themselves as skeptics no we need to be skeptical about things that we see we want to know why we believe what we believe and yeah don't believe me don't don't believe him Check out for yourself. Be be a skeptic. Be be, be a, a truth skeptic. seeker. That that's, that's one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> be a truth seeker, and that's what we're that's what we're here to. That's how you choose yourself a wife. Help you guys. It is. Yeah, find a truth seeker. Oh oh yeah. <laughs> or a husband. Okay, I'm giving marriage advice here. That's a different episode. Uh, yeah, that's different. true. That's probably we're, another we're episode. Kinda, I think we're too young to give married advice. No. No? Okay. <laughs> well, um, that wraps it up for our episode. Um, Philip, you have any closing comments? Um, not really. That was a, It was pretty fun to make this uh, podcast, and I hope we can... I promise we'll get better. Yeah, I, I hope this we can improve first. in the future. This is our first one ever for both of us, I believe. Yeah. And so uh, we appreciate any feedback, too, like feedback about our thoughts and feedback about uh, trying to prove us wrong. If, if any atheist is listening, try and prove us wrong, and we, we can talk about it in a future episode as well. Yep. And until then... See you guys.